You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Gators Breakdown, the Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. I counted them out. Uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> While... Uh, while sitting in the swamp and South Carolina goes up 14-0 early and then 31-14 in the uh, in the third quarter uh, there, you know, I thought there was a slim chance this Gators team could come back again uh, after, you know, time and time again, um, just be, being down, especially already down 14-0. And I really just uh, didn't feel it. Um, you know, I thought after seeing uh, this defense with another slow start, just like the offense, you know, outmatched and out-schemed early, uh, this defense was a liability uh, as much as the quarterback si- uh, situation in the offense. So uh, the, the slow starts on offense are, are nothing new. Uh, the last six games, the Gators have only uh, had three points in the first quarter, um, and that was last week. But, you know, but this has been a defense the, the last three games that uh, hasn't been uh, ready. It led me to tweet later in the game uh, once penalties started to add up, some predictable play calling. Yeah, Debo Samuel hits an 89-yard completion. Uh, you know, I said this team has lost in so many ways, system failure since the bye week. And, well, I couldn't have been any more wrong uh, and, and glad for it. You know, this team fought back on both sides of the ball, got playmakers the ball. Franks managed the game with his arms and his legs. Uh, I felt the offense could score more. And I said going into this game that that Florida should stick with the run game. And, and the staff didn't panic and, and trusted the game plan to run the ball. Uh, the defense held strong in the second half. Uh, to, to allow them to be able to stay within striking distance and, and continue to run the ball for the tune of 238 yards in the second half, 398 total rushing yards, gained 367 net yards rushing there. So total team effort in the great comeback of the 35-31 victory for the Gators over South Carolina. The Gators come out on top in the last SEC game of 2018 so the Gators seven and three overall finish SEC play five and three, and let's dive into some specifics of this game, of this win. And before we do, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on newsforjacks.com/slash/gatorsbreakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. Also catch us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify. And when using those services, please share, rate, review the show, and on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. And, of course, I think uh, you guys know we should 
have to and really start with Felipe Franks and his performance. After getting pulled last week and all the talks surrounding Kyle Trask taking over until getting injured and in uh, practice earlier this week, you know, this was another well-managed game from Franks. That's what it was. It was a game manager type of performance here, uh, much like we saw earlier in the season. He played within a safe game plan, wasn't asked to do too much down the field, and that's probably uh, the, uh, the biggest knock on it, on, on it right now. But, hey, look, Mullen drew up some screens to help out. Yes, Frank still missed some throws, but with the safe game plan uh, needed, up, you know, going 15 of the 21, passing 161 yards in the touchdown, made plays with his legs, uh, played some pretty tough and emotional football. Uh, you know, taking out the sacks, ran for 55 yards on 13 rushes and two touchdowns, and you know, even got pretty emotional by, by sushing the crowd on one of them. Uh, look, I don't mind it. It didn't bother me really at all. You know, all the all the talk all week, all the booze early in the game directed at him. Uh, he he ended up using that uh, as motivation, and I really think that uh, thought that really uh, led to his physicalness and and the way he played. And when it was all said and done, there, I think all that stuff just kind of culminated in the type of tough performance that we got uh, from Felipe Franks. And uh, I know the shush in the crowds rubbed some fans the, the, the wrong way. And it didn't, didn't really bother me. Maybe it'd be a different story if Florida had lost the game. Uh, but even at the time, uh, it, didn't, it, it didn't really bother me uh, much at all. So you know, he was instrumental in, in plays with his legs, and it really helps this damn Mullen offense when you know something good can come out of the quarterback using his legs. Um, I'll show I mean, the grit determination by being out there leading blocks for in the running game with Jordan Scarlett uh, out there. Frank's multiple times out there leading, leading the way uh, as a blocker for some of Jordan Scarlett's runs. And, you know, was it a great game by Frank's? No, but he did what, what was needed uh, to win the game and, and didn't make the back-breaking mistake that allowed Florida to mount a couple of comebacks in this game. And more specifically in the second half, you know, down by 17 at one point. And, you know, no big mistakes, play within the game. And that's all really was needed uh, for Felipe Franks to, to have a game-managing type of performance to help lead this comeback uh, for the Gators. But, of course, the main cogs for this comeback in the offense, of course, was this running game. Uh, like I said earlier, 398 total yards rushing gain, 367 net yards rushing. Jordan Scarlett, 18 attempts for a career-high 159 yards, 8.8-yard average. Well, Michael P. Ryan, 16 attempts, 107 yards, two touchdowns, 6.7 average. Kadarius Toney, four attempts, 51 yards. Felipe Franks, 13 rushes, 55 yards. So, I mean, if you take out the sacks, uh, you know, there, that was the as I mentioned earlier, 13 rushes for 55 yards, take out the sacks, and two touchdowns, of course, from Felipe Franks on the ground. Now, this is a game where you go back to last week's episode and, and previewing this game, I wanted to see this Gator team stick to the run game, and and boy, do they ever. You know, with, a South, with South Carolina and, and their banged-up defense, mostly in the secondary uh, there, but the Gators eventually wore uh, the Gamecocks down. You know, I mentioned it earlier, 238 yards rushing in the second half. Uh, also, something we haven't seen much of lately are, are, are the chunk runs. And here, I'll go through the game and, and these chunk plays that were on the ground. 14-yard rush for Tony. 16-yard carry for Jordan Scarlett. 21 yards for Scarlett. 16 for P. Ryan. 25 for Scarlett. 13-yard run for P. Ryan. 21-yard run, Scarlett. 23-yard run, P. Ryan in a touchdown. 33-yard for Tony. 28-yard run, Scarlett. 10-yard, Scarlett. 
I mean, chunk plays, explosive plays made a heck of a difference in this game. And in the run game, you know, something we haven't necessarily seen consistently of. And, you know, what, what, what a time for it to, to show up when the Gators really needed it. And, you know, sticking to that game plan of running the ball and, and not panicking there. So, and then and those explosive plays, the Gators were getting them on the ground. You know, those were uh, 11 plays there that showed just how much the Gators were controlling the game in the trenches. And these running backs taking over uh, pro, football fo- pro football focus. I uh, showed a stat where uh, Scarlett and P. Ryan combined for 34 carries, 266 rushing yards, and 133 of those yards being after contact. Half of their yards come after contact. So the Gators, these running backs, were ready for a tough physical run performance, and did they bring it? Uh, you know, what a performance on the ground. Remember, you know, coming into this game, I, I shared that South Carolina was dead last in the SEC in time of possession. And that trend continued mostly because of this run game. As the Gators dominated time of possession in the second half, nine minutes, 21 seconds in the third quarter, they had the ball, and 10 minutes and 48 seconds in the fourth quarter after being pretty much even in the first half in time of possession. The Gators dominated time of possession. There's almost 20 minutes uh, in, the, uh, in the second half there. So Florida entered today ranked ninth nationally in fourth quarter rushing average. 6.33 yards a game. It averaged seven yards a carry in the fourth quarter uh, against South Carolina. 161 yards on 23 attempts in the fourth quarter. That's how you put away games. That's how you mount comebacks. And hey, they did it. You know, stuck to that game plan, as I said. And the Gators found something, wore down that defense. And in the fourth quarter, 23 attempts, 161 yards. So shout out to the offensive line as well for, for their bounce back performance after their worst. Uh, week last week of the season, I think you know they protected well. Definitely helped the backs get to the second level where the backs could get some momentum, and we saw the result. Now Florida uh, logged its sixth game of 200 plus rushing yards this season. That's tying the 2012 Gators for uh, most most such games in a season when the Gators posted eight 200 yard rushing games uh, in, in 2009. There, so uh, yeah, it, yeah. 2000, they tied 2012 Gators for the most such games in a season uh, since the Gators posted eight 200 rushing yard game in 2009. So, whew, I mean, six games, 200 plus rushing yards. And look, coming into this season, that's kind of what we thought. That's kind of what we thought this offense would be built upon. You know, I went back to last week, and, you know, if the quarterback position is throwing 40 times a game, that's not the formula for winning a game for Florida. It's the type of performance we saw against South Carolina when you're running the ball near 60 times a game uh, and having your quarterback just manage the game. And it was clear that was the game plan. It ended up working out. And like I said, you know, plenty of times this year when Florida has gotten behind, go back to last week, go back to Kentucky a little bit where the, the coaching staff panicked, tried to hit some plays down the field in the passing game instead of sticking with the run game, stuck with it this game and ended up paying off in the end there. And also look, when we saw the ball in Kadarius Tony's hands, we saw once again the type of impact he brings. Two catches for 33 yards, a 16 and a half uh, yard per catch there, and a touchdown. Four rushes for 51 yards, a long of 33, and average 12.8 yards per rush. So 16.5 yards per catch, 12.8 yards per rush. I mean, he is the playmaker in this offense, and I expect to see him even more versus FSU in a couple of weeks. I think. Uh, Think we're starting to, to see Mullen trust him a little more and putting the ball in his hands, and you see what happens 
Uh, but man, I mean, how, how, how exciting is it when he gets the ball in his hand? You know, he, he goes one way, reverses field, jukes, gets upfield, and uh, that's, that's, that's what Kadarius Tony brings uh, to the table here. Uh, just you know, the most electric player on the field with the ball in his hands. And all this, Franks, the run game, Tony uh, led to Florida's 33 first downs tied for their seventh highest total in school history. Their 33 first downs versus South Carolina, seventh highest in school history. So as, as, as well as the highest single game total since accumulating 35 first downs against Mississippi State all the way back in 2001. So Florida moved the ball, kept, uh, kept converting first downs, 33 of them. And you have to go all the way back to 2001. Uh, to where Florida got even near that, uh, where they had 35 versus Mississippi State. So, woo! I mean, it was it was there. The game plan was pretty simple. As long as the offensive line, I think, showed up. You know, we, we've seen what these running backs can do uh, once the the offensive line opens up some holes for them, get to that second level, break some tackles, and that's what we saw time and time again, especially in that fourth quarter uh, for the Gator. Offense. So on the other side of the ball, yeah, you know, it, it was another slow start for this defense, but really clamped down in the second half. And, you know, look, no other stat worried me coming into this game than third down defense. Uh, it has been abysmal the last two weeks versus Georgia and Missouri. Uh, Georgia was 8 of 14 on third down. Missouri was 11 of 18 on third down. Uh, South Carolina started 6 of 7 on third down conversions in the first half. Defense adjusted, and South Carolina went one of six on third downs the rest of the game in the second half. So from six of seven third down conversions in the first half to one in six third down conversions in the second half. Look, now you know, I, I know we saw some of the, the, the same familiar problems in the first half. Trouble handling a fast-paced offense uh, multiple times, especially early, uh, early in the game. Uh, Florida would you know, was bringing in so many guys on and off the field. And uh, it, it just looked like, uh, you know, almost every play, a few guys would be running off the field, a few more guys would be running on the field. And I know in the, during the, the first touchdown, Florida wasn't even hardly set because they were still bringing players on the field. Uh, and South Carolina scores an easy touchdown. But uh, that settled down. We didn't see as much of it uh, later on in the game. Uh, but not really get, getting why Florida's trying to substitute so much. Uh, there, especially when South Carolina was moving a lot of up tempo, so I think that caught them off guard. But once again, a defense was caught off guard. Uh, so saw the tight end get lost in communication and uh, beat the Gators defense once again for a touchdown. Uh, busted play, slant, uh, slant play to Debo that goes for near 90 yards. Uh, but when it come down to crunch time, the fourth quarter, South Carolina only had 23 yards of offense. Uh, the Gators' offense was rolling, and all they needed was the ball back. And the Gators' defense kept giving it to them, and no better way to give it to them. The last time off a of C.J. Henderson interception to seal the game, the Gators' first turnover for us since Chauncey Gardner had an interception versus Vanderbilt. So hopefully the next couple of weeks, the Gators can figure, this slow style, figure out the slow start out on offense, but also on defense as well. You know, there, there, there are some things that teams are consistently taking advantage of there. Uh, but, man, what a shutdown late in the game uh, to a team in South Carolina that was finding ways to win close games the last couple of weeks. And the pass rush showed up in the second half as well. So things this Gators defense have been missing in getting turnovers and pressuring the quarterback finally made their way back into the second half and late in this game as well. So, I mean, look, this was, this was a South, South Carolina's fifth straight game 
where the final score was within two to four points. And they had only lost one of those until Florida pulled out 35-31 victory uh, over Carolina there. So total team effort, especially in the second half, when Gators put everything together. Uh, defense playing like we saw earlier sometime in this season. Uh, pressuring Once you pressure Jake Bentley a little bit, you, you see the outcome there. And you know, a couple sacks there uh, in the game as well, something Florida hadn't necessarily been doing uh, much of lately either. And as I mentioned, the, the turnovers. So, Got to get uh, hopefully found found something there in the second half. Uh, you know, Idaho next week won't be much of an issue there. You know, Florida State uh, not shouldn't be much of an issue there either with, with with their offense. But you know, that's a rivalry game. You know, they'll be be prepared for Florida. They'll be wanting to beat some beat Florida kind of to save their season. Uh, so uh, and, and look, it's still an offense that can put points on the board at times. You know, we saw James Blackman last week. Not so much with DeAndre Francois. So we'll kind of see what FSU does there. But maybe when that game rolls around in a couple of weeks, we see a faster start from the offense and the defense. Um, so we know that the offense only three points in the last six games. I think it is in the first quarter, and then we've seen this defense also fall off in the first quarter. But Way to rally, way to not give up. You know, multiple times this Gator team could have given up and, and, and folded it up, especially after the last two weeks. Uh, and they, hey, they came out on top. And it was a fun day in the swamp, fun fun day. It didn't like the noon game kickoff, but uh, it is what it was <laughs> uh, there. But it all ended up working out. Uh, fun day, perfect weather, perfect tailgates uh, there in the Harmonic Woods area, uh, seeing those guys once again. And uh, also some friends I work with, South Carolina fans, and some family members, South Carolina fans. A big game uh for you know personally for me and uh, all that good stuff a lot of good fun in the swamp as the gators come out on top and as we do right after every game on the sunday after and we have this episode as for your uh input and your reaction to the game and uh here we go john curto uh at this point in the season what is the team's identity also i have to say I really enjoy Coach Mullen's ability to take accountability for his mistakes in front of the media and throw some old ball coach talk out there and be edgy and no BS. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, I think, Mullen's in mode. There's not a lot of BS there uh, in front of the media. Kind of says what he means. And uh, look, he took a lot of heat for it this week with the whole crowd stuff. But, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get all too much into that. You know, that, that, that's been talked about on that ad nauseum here. Everybody talks in football. So, you know, all this kind of stuff will kind of stay uh, what happened on the, on the field. Uh, and John, ask a good question. You know, what is this team's identity? And I still say, well, I think we know what it should be. Uh, tough smash mouth. Uh, you know, I know Mullen says he wants to be balanced, but that's not the, I, the makeup of this team. Ultimately, when he gets his players in, when he gets his recruits in, and, and years of installing the system, I think he can get there with that, you know, want, wanting to be 50 50. But right now, with the way this team is built, with the what you have at quarterback, not needing to, you know, turn the ball over, needing to take care of the ball, you're going to have to limit the quarterback. Lean on this run game. I, I think that is the identity of this team. Will they stick with it? That, that's, that, that's the question. We, like as I've mentioned, going through kind of the game summary, we've seen the, the panic before of trying to get something going in the, in the passing game when you still could have been able to run the ball uh, a bit more. They stuck with it. It worked. So the identity definitely for offense is to be this tough, hard-nosed, you know, run downhill uh with, with the stable of backs that you have in, in, in Scarlett, Piran, 
Now Frank's coming along well with uh, some some of his runs. Tony and the electric running he can give you, and also Pierce as well. Uh, you know that's kind of uh, you know you you go three deep there at running back, and you can you keep some guys fresh. But right now, as the season has worn on, I don't know if Pierce has hit a wall or the freshman wall, or you know you're just giving your guys who are more experienced, you, you guys who have earned earned their keep uh, right now in Scarlet and Scarlett Piran just more carries uh, as the season goes on. So you know the identity on defense has been changed uh, of course you know the, the identity now is a, a a defense that starts slow definitely needs to to, to get that figured out but I, I still think you know it's a a defense that plays with some speed uh but right now confused in in, in certain areas so the, the the identity of the defense was this fast physical aggressive defense that Cause turnovers, cause uh, uh, loss of yardage type of plays. Not getting that a, a, as much right now. Um, so the identity yesterday, clutch. I mean that, that that was the identity of it. So I don't know where the, the identity of the defense is going to come you know, versus Florida State. Pretty only only, only one more game that kind of counts as far as regular season goes. You know Idaho. You know we'll. I mean unless it's bad. You know I don't think we're really going to be able to take too much away from that game uh, there. So the identity. Of uh, the defense still kind of a question mark right now. Uh, the way I look at it, John. So Mike Honcho, he goes, I admit at 31 to 14. I totally thought it was a ball game. Uh, they out tough South Carolina for a win. I like angry Franks. He ran like a grown man. Fans dish it out to him. Now able to take it back from him. Scarlet was using people as a sidewalk. Go Gators. Uh, yeah, Mike, you know, like I said, 31 to 14. Uh, I threw the tweet out there yesterday to, I, I didn't think this team was coming back. I thought it would look like another performance, what we saw last week against Missouri. And, hey, look, they they they, they found a way to battle back. And in that um, talk about the mental aspect of this team. And, look, we, they hung tough with Georgia. Um, maybe some kind of hangover last week against Missouri. I'm not so sure that was the issue. I think uh, they just weren't really prepared uh, to, to with what Missouri was bringing to the table. And, um we talk about the mental toughness of this team, as I as I said, and it didn't show up last week. You know, it didn't show up um, when you've gotten down, when you've been beaten up, to be able to to spring back, and that's kind of what this game was. You know, after two losses, able to put all that behind, end game as well, down thirty one to fourteen late in the game, and you find a way to to, to pull it out, stick with your uh, identity right now in, in being a physical run team, and pulled it out. So. Yeah, the part about uh, I like angry Franks. He runs like ran like a grown man. I think I said. I mean, when when going back to the shushing the crowd thing, I think I think he really fed into that. Did he get emotional? Yeah, he admitted so uh, after the game as well. Maybe he shouldn't have done that, but that's the type of player he is. He's an emotional type of player. We've always kind of known that about him. Some some of it's kind of been negative as far as you know the poutiness that we've kind of heard about, and you know Dan Mullins even brought that up too. But it also can be um, kind of a positive when he takes it the right way and you know he funneled all of that negativity and all that stuff and, and, and kind of funneled it into fuel for him to kind of the performance that we saw yesterday i thought some of the design runs that dan mullen gave him were, were, were really good uh, and you know of course playing within the, those screen passes and, and letting those receivers do the work i know a lot of people uh kind of Shun on oh, that's all he can do. Well, I mean, I won't say that's all he can do is are the screen passes. It, it it helps the offense as a whole. You know, they're basically an extension run play, an extended run play there. Um, would we like to see him hit more downfield plays? Absolutely. Um, but you know, it kind of is what it is right now. It's play within the offense, play within the game plan the coaches give you. 
Yeah, I think uh, everything would be okay there. Tried it last week, of course, missed the throws, uh, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, we won't uh, we won't see another performance like that uh, uh, again, especially in in two weeks. So uh, C three uh, says Dan even admitted this, but Tony should be the center point of the offense every week, getting multiple touches and looks in them in a variety of creative ways. Yeah, I mean, I went back and and, and you know earlier this episode just kind of. All the, the the stats for Tony and look, he does he does need the ball more. And it isn't an issue of trust, maybe so. But look, we had a you know Will and I talked about him last week uh, on uh, last week's early episode of uh, Gators Breakdown and how at some point when when you have a struggling offense, you've got to get your playmakers the ball. Yeah, there might be an issue of trust, but uh, you know, as Will pointed out, there's times he's not even on the fields uh in, in situations where he could kind of be a kind of be a decoy there so yeah tony needs to be on the field needs to have the ball in his hands uh and look i know he had the the, the muff punt there and all that uh kind of just happens uh, i guess made up for it in multiple ways <laughs> later on in the game uh so yeah tony definitely needs to be the center point of the offense needs the ball in his hands you know at least 10 times a game and you know through through rushing and receiving and I think uh, you know that that's that's enough to kind of get something going and, and some game changing plays that we saw from Kadarius Tony. Uh, Kevin Harris uh, says gutsy performance, glaring assignment breakdowns on defense, took advantage of a bad run defense as we should have. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know everybody's kind of knowing these uh, glaring breakdowns on defense lately. And luckily, uh, besides the one slant play in the second half to Debo, you know kind of did did play much better. Uh, their defense uh, in, in the second half. Scott Sweat, he goes, I went from screaming mad to screaming for joy. Uh, that's kind of all of us, I think, Scott. <laughs> uh, love power run game and imposing their will on the line of scrimmage. This was the Mullen effect in my mind because no way we win that game last year. Mullen is showing he will not tolerate a player that quits. You know, in this game, of course, a lot like uh, the, Vander- the, the Vanderbilt game uh, in, in a way that a big comeback, you know, Florida. This one was kind of... I, I would say harder uh, to see and vision uh, visualize a, a comeback just because of being down late, you know, against Vanderbilt. Yes. It was what 21 to 10, but it was 21, three at one point, but that was still in the first half. You still knew you had some time. You still saw a offense that was moving the ball, just kind of killing their own selves. Where early in this game, it wasn't so much far to killing themselves. It was South Carolina come out with a good game plan to go up 14, nothing Florida brought it back. Uh, there and then South Carolina goes up again. Uh, you know Vanderbilt never could really hang on. Vander once Florida came back and the, the game was over with. Um, Florida came back and this one once got down again. And uh, you know that's kind of where you would wonder wonder about the mental aspect of this team. But being able to do it again, being able to do it running the ball, not necessarily passing the ball, and that's kind of like the Vanderbilt game as well. They, they they leaned on the run game to 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 create a comeback and. Uh, you don't necessarily have to panic. You don't necessarily have to throw the ball to get back into game, especially when there's some time left on the clock. And against South Carolina, you knew that defense was eventually going to wear down. They were so thin, especially, as I said, on the back end of that defense. But still, you know, Florida was able to to kind of just, just just put it on them time and time again, and uh, the, the, that defense wore out. And we saw the uh, outcome there. Let's see, Gator Girl eight 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 uh, and M Quinn here. Uh, great comeback after the flat first half. I wasn't sure I could make through another Missouri type of game. Thrilled, uh, Tony got so many touches and creative ways to give Felipe more confidence, like his run game. Credit to Mullen for getting those guys 
uh, these guys and the fans re-energized. Uh, absolutely. And I, I do like that way uh, of saying creative ways to give Felipe more confidence like his run game. Hey, look, and you, you see it all the time. Um, you know, you, in basketball, you know, uh, free throws can get a guy going if his shot's not there. Or an easy layup can get a, a guy going if his shot's not there. And it is kind of similar to what I think Mullen was. Look, it was there anyway because of the run game, but that's it is also a way to give Frank some confidence. When good things happen, you build upon that, and um, you know, you know, I, I don't think it could be stated enough how, like I said, it, it wasn't the greatest performance in the world by by Fleet Bay Franks, but everything that went on in the the bye week, he could have just you know easily not been mentally prepared uh, to play this game, and he was. Now Gator Dan here in uh, Gator in Texas. Says shaky start as is usual, but not okay. Need to start off faster. Defense is just average. Seems like they just take drives off at times. Franks did what was asked of him. P. Ryan and Scarlett are animals when they get going. Need to stay 80 20, run past the rest of the year. <laughs> so that, uh, I mean, hey, it worked yesterday uh, against uh, South Carolina. But I don't know if we'll see it that much. That probably should be near that, you know, 75 25. Uh, somewhere around there, but but this way, if if Florida comes out running the ball, and you see that type of success early, then I think that's exactly what we'll see. We'll see seventy thirty seventy five twenty five running the ball. Um, that I think it settles the offense down a little bit. Then it's kind of you know when, when Florida has gotten into these slow starts, and you know, especially going to Missouri, you come they came out trying to pass the ball a a lot. And it kind of just put the whole offense in a flunk. I think, yes, you may be playing a team that has good rush defense, but come at that, that's your identity as well. At, at points, it doesn't matter what numbers show uh, as far as how many blockers you have against how many defenders. If you're a running team, run the ball. And sometimes that takes care of itself, uh, no matter what the numbers say there uh, in, in, in assignment football. So, no, if you're a running team, try to run early, get, get yourself in a groove, uh, and the rest can take care of itself and robert uh guagliardo says uh scarlet p ryan tony need to be the game plan from now on uh as they ran well and hard also love how hard franks ran too i'll uh, get a couple more in here before uh we wrap this episode up christopher at rowdy reptile 12 joseph is a liability on the field tony showed just why he needs the ball in his hands aside from the fumble and muff, and muff punt and Jordan Scarlett was a man amongst boys out there yesterday. Also, booing uh, was ridiculous to hear. Be mad, don't boo. Yeah, I've never been a booer myself uh, at, at games. There are uh, college kids out there. I'm, I'm not, plus, I'm not going to boo my own team. I mean, <laughs> that's just uh, uh, the way I've always looked at it. If you boo, okay. I mean, I, I can't tell you not to. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily boo the players. They boo decisions. Uh, made, but you got to realize that's not how the players take it. Sometimes they think that booing is directed at them some of it is uh there but uh i just uh, i don't partake in that uh, part you know i don't i'm, I'm not going to boo my own team that's uh, just kind of kind of kind of the way it goes there um uh, rj great gator grad 929 or 929 yeah got pushed around on both sides of the ball for a half which is unacceptable but give them credit for coming back overall i'm underwhelmed defense is a uh sieve but the offense found itself a bit Congrats, but not overly excited. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can look at it that way. It, 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 it's, you can be excited about the comeback, but overall not be 
Uh, but I think you know, it being the last SEC game of a you know mentally tough week there um, and the way to fight back, you can be excited about that. Overall, maybe not, uh, but this was a South Carolina team that was playing pretty well uh, coming in uh, the, the last two weeks and, and a team that uh, could you know, very easily have, not very easily, but a team that could match up well against Florida and, and did for a half. Uh, there, so a uh, good win. I still think you can be excited uh, about the win. I don't think it was. Um, I don't think it was a game Florida shouldn't have won. I think the way it played out in the end, you could definitely say Florida should have won the game with the way they played for four quarters. Uh, there, so I think you can be excited about that too. You can be excited about uh, you know pretty much an easy week coming up uh, against Idaho. Maybe you can figure some things out. Would kind of you know I know coaches won't say it, but two weeks to prepare for FSU. <laughs> here so um you know in the way fsu's playing you know to take take advantage there so tim catlett uh says uh, last one here uh says really like seeing the energy back on the team uh i didn't see any players pouting which was a big improvement i rewatched the game last night and frank's emotion and grip was awesome but i saw all of the same shortcomings as a qb still there so i don't think he's the answer ultimately you know he's probably not you know, I know not too long ago, a couple, what, three, I probably going into the Georgia game, we uh, had this discussion and I probably just, I brought it out of the blue, you know, I thought he would probably be you know, the starting quarterback when Florida takes on uh, Miami uh, game one next year. I don't necessarily feel that way now. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. We'll see where Emory Jones is at in his development. Uh, Kyle Trash coming back, but it will look like next year, definitely a quarterback battle once again uh in, in the offseason so yeah i mean still giving credit for for what he did and like you said his emotion and grit was awesome yeah i mean there, there are going to be some shortcomings with Felipe franks who said that coming into the season and uh part of the reason i thought the game plan a lot more of these games would be to run the ball and, and protect him uh there and you know that definitely seemed to be the case versus south carolina so you know they, they have to be the ultimate answer for Dan Mullen, no. I mean, this is the beginning of the Dan Mullen era. This is a quarterback he was given, and uh, he's, you know, Felipe Franks isn't going to have to ultimately, isn't ultimately going to be what Dan Mullen is judged on. And uh, whether it be year one or year two, uh, I don't think so. You'll give, give him time to get his quarterbacks in here, and then uh, those, those are going to be his answers. Those are, and uh, when Dan Mullen gets his team, his roster, his quarterback in here. All right. So let's take a look around oh first of all i mean thanks everybody sending the tweets out there uh uh all your input feedback reaction uh to the gators win and also the, the fans out there that i saw at the game uh that i'm so glad to get to talk with so many of you out there and interact and talk and talk gator football and you know not much better but also just to kind of you know, meet you guys personally uh just instead of just behind the computer screen <laughs> and uh uh kind of you know just 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 uh uh, I like meeting uh, a lot of you out there and all the interaction here on Twitter uh, as well. So let's take a look around what happened in the SEC and uh, games of interest, of course, with Florida State Miami. Uh, but here we go. 33-28, Missouri beats Vanderbilt. Uh, kind of had to come back there as Vanderbilt uh, opened up uh, with 14 points in the first quarter. Uh, but ultimately, Missouri uh, wins out 33-28. to Texas A&M beats Ole Miss 38-24. to and Kentucky uh, took one on the chin to Tennessee, 24-7. to Kentucky, after losing to Georgia last week, um, also now what was their second straight game uh, of the season, 24-7 to against Tennessee. So Tennessee 5-5 five five, uh, now 
uh, on the season two and four in the SEC. Kind of bounced, uh, you know, nice little turnaround for them right now uh, with Kentucky as their third loss and their third conference loss of the season as well. Um, so five and three in the SEC, they'll finish. Alabama, 24 to nothing over Mississippi State. Uh, Alabama's second straight shutout there. Uh, Auburn, Georgia, good game for a little while um, till Georgia scores 17 in the second quarter there to win uh, 27 to 10. Uh, pretty much the difference there in the second quarter. They score 17 points, but 27 uh, 10, Georgia beats Auburn. And to end it out in the SEC, LSU. 24 to 17 over Arkansas. Seven point seven point win there. Arkansas has some chances late, uh, uh, but couldn't get anything going uh, there. So number seven LSU still hangs tough at uh, the week after, um, you know, pretty much getting destroyed by Alabama. Uh, so in a couple weeks, of course, we'll be looking at uh, Georgia Alabama SEC championship game. So also, this won't be the third week in a row where the state of Florida's big three all lost thanks to the Gators winning, but Miami goes down in their fourth straight game, 27 to 21 to Georgia tech and Florida state gets destroyed by Notre Dame, 42 to 13. So hey, look, this is definitely a chance in a time for the Gators to take advantage of these two teams struggling. Uh, maybe you can take advantage on the recruiting trail. Definitely have to take advantage on the field in two weeks versus Florida state. Definitely can take advantage of the opening game next year. When you play Miami, you, know, you get a back-to-back wins, where you end the season beating FSU, start next season uh, beating beating Miami. But these two teams are, are, are struggling right now. They're going to have a lot of questions going on in the offseason, kind of no matter how they finish the season uh, right now because both of these teams uh, don't look good any stretch of the imagination right now with Miami losing four straight games and FSU not being competitive in most of their games uh, this year. So it's a game Florida must win in two weeks. And I think FSU has Boston – college next week maybe uh trying to go from memory there but i can't really remember uh so yeah you know they don't really get a rest uh before the uh by the before the florida game like florida gets to play idaho there so gators 35 31 comeback victory over south carolina uh good day good day i had by most in the in the swamp there except for the south carolina fans that uh, made the track down so <laughs> uh good win for the gators good win when it's all said and done uh in of course, that's the end of the SEC season, the uh, last big game in the swamp uh, this year, too. So, you know, five and three. That's how Florida ends up in the SEC uh, in their uh, in Dan Mullen's first season here in Gainesville. So, uh, we'll have another episode of Gators Breakdown. Uh, this is recorded on Sunday. Next episode will be on Monday with Will Miles. We'll get his thoughts on the Gators win. Uh, his article you can go check out at readreaction.com. Uh, and see uh, what everything that he's uh, saying as well. Later on this week, you know, not really much in uh, previewing uh, the Idaho game. I'm not going to bring an Idaho guest on <laughs> or anything. That game's going to pretty much be uh, all Gators and what the Gators do or sh- and should do in that game to, to walk out of there, hopefully with a pretty much injury-free uh, type of victory. So I'm trying to uh, do something different on Wednesday or something. I'll uh, ask around and see if I can get somebody to come on and maybe we'll talk some recruiting or something like that uh, on, on Wednesday before, uh, you know, heading kind of heading into the FSU game and uh, we're early signing day coming up in about a little over a month, a uh, month and a half there. So I'll try and do something different on, on this Wednesday. We'll see how it all uh, shakes out. So I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.